Hi, I'm Andrew, and this is the Daily Keenon podcast about today's global crisis. The coronavirus pandemic is dramatically disrupting not only our own daily lives, but also society itself. This show features conversations with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers about the deeper economic, political, and technological consequences of the pandemic. It's the daily podcast trying to make long-term sense out of the chaos of today's global crisis. Welcome to Regenerate, the show about human beings and the soil. All the shows so far have indeed focused on this curious, complicated, and sometimes problematic relationship between humans and the soil. We haven't really focused, though, on another side of this relationship or on the, the great problematic story of the soil, the relationship between the soil, humans, and animals. Uh, and we're going to write that wrong today. We're going to talk about the relationship between the soil and, uh, and, and non-human species. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had the, the wonderful um, Isabella Tree on the show to talk about her rewilding experiment um, in southern England, uh, <laughs> in which she essentially gave nature back not to humans, but to the animals. It's a wonderful story, and I thought an excellent interview. Uh, we've also had um, uh, Dalmas Tiampati, the uh, Maasai pastoralist from southern Kenya on the border of Tanzania, talking about his rewilding uh, experiment in, uh, in Tanzania. So this is a subject that we've touched on, but today we're really going to focus on it. Uh, with one of the world's leading experts on animals and on animal rights. Uh, Antoine Gershel uh, is a Zurich-based lawyer and animal activist. Um, he is known above all else as the lawyer who defends animals. He's the guy who articulates what animals want. He's famous indeed for even representing fish, so, Antoine, uh, uh, welcome uh, to uh, the Regenerate show. And to kick you off, let me ask you perhaps a, a Freudian question. Uh, Freud was, of course, very famous for asking what women want. So, <laughs> Antoine, you're not Freud, but you are the closest equivalent to Freud for the animal world. Antoine, <laughs> What do animals want? Uh, you're a lawyer who has represented them uh, and are rethinking the nature, not only of the law, but of animal interests and consciousness. So, dear Andrew, thank you very much that I can participate in your honorable uh, Regenerate Forum and uh, to have the occasion to speak on animals and the soil. That is really a complex uh, relationship. What <clears throat> do animals want first? It's not what humans want, but uh, it's different saying that uh, from the ethology, from their behavior, from, from their nourishment uh, point of view, they have complete other needs than we, human ha we humans have. And this is often a problematic <clears throat> topic when we speak about, I see here uh, a dog, for example, a dog who is let's say, forced to eat uh, vegan, is it in the animal's interest or is it our projection? 
So what do animals want is a question of um, their behavioral pattern. And this is more or less scientific. And when I was worldwide, I think, unique, so the official animal welfare attorney of the canton of Zurich, then I uh, had the occasion to be based on legislation, so Animal Welfare Act and a thick Animal Welfare Ordinance that was based on science and politics and so on. So I could see what are the needs of uh, sheep, of cows, etc. I could help to enforce it. If you only reduce uh, the question of what animals want and you look through your glasses, uh, is it mistreatment or not? Then you are uh, often just in this emotional debate and not on that what animals really want. And do not forget that animals have a dignity based on the Swiss constitution and the dignity of human beings has been put in our constitution the same day. They have a dignity and in inherent value. And it would be, let's say, morally difficult to say um, we overwhelm the animal's interest in uh, by our own point of view, how it should be, we should always respect the the needs of the animals on the first place, as every owner should know. Yeah, and of course, uh, interpreting the interests of animals is always a, a, a dodgy enterprise at best. I showed that image of the Dalmas, uh, Dalmas's uh, pastoral experiment. Part of it is eating meat. I'm assuming no animal wants to be be eaten. Um, Antoine, tell me a little bit about your global animal law firm, because it's it's pioneering the idea of animal rights. What are you doing in, in Zurich in terms of, um, of representing animals, uh, creating, and I'm, I'm quoting from your website, uh, a new framework for the global discussion on animals in law? Um, the Global Animal Gal Association was the result of the fact that um, I could no longer represent animals in court cases because uh, of political aspects. And I thought in 2010, and then I thought, what can I do uh, having written 12 books on that and having, changed, having been helpful to change legislation in Switzerland, in Germany, in Austria and France? What could we do and what is missing? And what is missing is first, I think, the fact that when we speak of animals, law is often not the priority, but law for me as an attorney at law, beside my uh, normal um, law firm, uh, law is binding and should be binding, and you can uh, enforce it and you should enforce it. And uh, also, uh, we realized that, of course, the animal status in China, where animal mistreatment is not, not even uh, punishable, whereas Switzerland and Germany speak of a constitutional protection of the animals, it's uh, globally completely different. How can we uh, participate to um, reduce animal suffering and to promote animal well-being through the law by uh, comparing legislation worldwide. We did that on our Global Animal Gal website with a database on more or less unique worldwide with all the... Oh, this is the matrix. This is great. You see the matrix 
meaning we have here the proposal, so it's a better word for animals through law. So if you click, for example, on national level, uh, then you can see what are our proposals we worked on with specialists in the field. What can a, uh, a state do um, uh, based on what is a short term, what is modern, what, what is visionary, what is utopian? And this is for Switzerland completely different than for France. And um, and you so, have uh, and, and you work a lot with the United Nations too. Uh, you uh... exactly. And we realized that the animal issue should be discussed on the UN level because if you keep that on the WHO level, um, then it's not where it should be. COVID shows us that uh, human-animal relationship is in this balance. And if we um, make progress in animal well-being, we um, support animal health. And animal health, we know it, is the basic of uh, human health. So 70% of, uh, of the big issues are zoonosis. We have the antibiotic resistance. So if we do not take real measures to reduce animal suffering and to promote animal well-being and health, we will run into much bigger problem. And it's not only COVID-19 or, or 20, it's then a global issue. And what I realize is that we discuss on, on let's say, on masks. We created from a gal website this funny mask with, with a picture of Naruto, the monkey that made a a selfie of himself. We shouldn't discuss so much on masks and whom to believe more, but into better structures for uh, better animal well-being. Anton, can we go back to Isabella Tree's remarkable yeah. experiment? Um, is this something that from your legal perspective and from the perspective of, 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 of your books and of, of, of your thinking about animals, do animals want to return to quote unquote nature? Is 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 if they could speak, is that what they would ask for? To go back to some sort of original state of nature, which is what Isabella Tree is trying to do in on her farm. Without knowing the big and impressive work of Isabella Tree um, in detail, um, and it's impressive and warm, heartening. Um, I would say that non-domestic animals, uh, wild animals, want just to have peace of humans in forests and, and let, uh, let be alone. And the civilization goes uh, more and more in, in their habitat. And this is a big problem that is, uh, that is growing. The animals that are, let's say, produced or kept and uh, just for farm reason for farm uh, purposes for meat, uh, milk, honey, etc. production. Um, they to be kept in nature, I do not know if they would survive easily, they must be relearned. And we have to have, unfortunately, because it's a rather random, uh, have a different eye on the big five, as we say, so we have the the lab animals, farm animals, animals in sports, the uh, companion animals, 
and uh, and and those have to be treated legally in a different way to say animals want to go home knowing that they have been produced as meat producers you know with with no limits to 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 make the best meat for people who still think they should uh, eat meat you know it's a bit i wouldn't say naive but um romantic to say they just want to go uh they they just want to go to the to the forest we have to reduce the suffering of those animals through other measures so are you essentially a utilitarian thinker when it comes to the the feelings and interests of of animals are you suggesting that they're not capable of romantic thoughts i'm wondering if animals could indeed talk uh, in a in a doctor doolittle kind of sense what would they say about the soil would they romanticize the soil is it their source of nourishment is it their metaphysical um truth absolutely absolutely so it's it's the key element of their life and if the soil is let's say mistreated overused by humans then animals suffer uh, suffer at first and uh, cannot be helpful to bring uh, this soil um, into into balance sometimes we have to protect the soil and the woods against wild animals because they are they they, they need to eat um, young uh, plants and so on so that it, it needs to have a certain uh, maintenance of the soil against the animals but after all it's the soil that gives the animals just the 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 uh, la, la raison d'être to, to be here. So the soil is as essential for animals as for human beings. Uh, Antoine, uh, how do you make sense of, of, of the crisis of the soil today? Dalmas Tiamparty, for example, the reason he chose to dedicate his life to Maasai pastoralism was because of the, the death of, 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 of many of the cows on, on the land of the Maasai. And the cows had more than just economic, they also had a symbolic, almost a metaphorical significance to the Maasai people. Um, is the crisis of the soil in today's world broadly, the, the, the chemicals, the destruction, the, uh, the industrialization of the soil, is that not only a crisis of the environment, but of the crisis of all species? So it's a big yes, of course, and it's uh, of all species. Uh, soil is neglected. It does not. That it's not in the mindset of I would say the majority of people how um, extremely important the soil is not only for the village. So I could I could uh, look at a project of regaining soil in Portugal. Uh, where it was uh, dehydrated and they had to fight that it's not going to be a, a desert. And now with permaculture and agri-agroecology, uh, 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 they could really make marvelous uh, uh, fruit and, and, and vegetables, but it needs a common effort. And it took time, as a friend of uh, ours, Katarina Serafimova, uh, had this project, it took a long time 
that the village realized they have to get active for, I wouldn't say protect because it's about the use of soil, but to step over protection and use, but to work on the soil for their own interest regarding the animal's interest. And as, we, as I said shortly, the dignity of creature is a term in the Swiss constitution that not only in, embraces the animals, but also the plants. So Switzerland is a worldwide unique to say animal um, plants have an inherent value. Also the individual plant has an inherent value, meaning that the respect towards the individual plant from the constitution is extremely high and should be respected much more, not only in forest, but also in, in whatever we do as transgenic measures with, uh, with animals, uh, with their uh, plants. Antoine, uh... Should we be careful about sort of self-parodying ourselves when we talk about plant rights? Some people will smile and say, well, these people are crazy. That means we can't eat plants, we can't eat animals, we can't eat any aspect of nature. Uh, at what point um, do we draw a line on this stuff? Do plants have as many rights as animals? Animals do not have any rights worldwide. They but do not have any rights. You're, you're, a, you're an animal rights activist or lawyer. Should, so, should animals from legal, have rights from, plants? <laughs> from a legal point of view, I speak as an attorney, they do not have legal rights to say that they can defend themselves, that they can make a charge in their proper name against people. And the animal rights debate, uh, also with Peter Singer, that is, one of our patrons, our Global Animal Legal Association, we have about the 100 law. Being the very distinguished Australian philosopher. Who yeah, 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 exactly. Who is pioneering the philosophy of animal rights. The philosophy of animal rights, absolutely. On, on the legal um, basis, if you, if you compare all these animal protection legislation worldwide we have on the, on the internet, uh, on our database, animals from a legal point of view, do not have rights. And the discussion is, should we give them rights? And what is the content of these rights? When I speak to Stephen Wise and, and others that are a uh, member of our, uh, of our um, expert committee. And the, the delicate question there is, if we speak of legal, uh, of animal rights, then it's often used by the vegan movement to say, if they have rights, then uh, humans are not allowed to use animals whatsoever for, for what purpose ever. So this uh, Maasai pastoralism would not be possible by the end of the day. Exactly. So uh, the meat eat, the, the vegetarian or the vegan discussion should take into account that the prognosis of uh, meat production for the next 10 years is about an increase of the factor of 100%. So double as much as meat will be produced in the next 10 years worldwide, if we, if we look at, at the numbers of the FAO. So to, to discuss on animal rights would mean that worldwide animals should not or, or are not allowed to be used in the essence. And this is in China, in Europe, in 
US, knowing that people are eating meat with about 90, 95% of majority um, on the legal uh, basis to find a majority to say no to meat production is nice from a personal point of view, but will not find a majority or to say no to animal experiments. Now we know that with Corona, uh, genetic engineered animals are produced in, in tons and nobody cares too much about all this, uh, this uh, uh, process of uh, due diligence. Are there alternatives? It's just wide west. And uh, to speak here of animal rights would say, uh, would mean no animals should be, uh, should be used at all. This is why I prefer to speak on the animal in the law. And there it's important if we have laws that animals are represented by uh, legal entities. And for example, in this UN Convention on Animal Health and uh, Protection, UNCAP, that we worked out with specialists, we ask for legal representation and we speak of animals having an interest in right. freedom, interest of expressing themselves without speaking of the very delicate term of animal rights that will not be taken seriously um, in wherever. And we are not speaking of uh, plant rights. We are speaking of the inherent value and of the dignity just to avoid this, uh, uh, this warm box. Uh, Antoine, another of the people we, we, we've spoken to in this series is Joel Salatin, who uh, is a regenerative uh, farmer on the east coast of the United States. He's strongly against factory farming and uh, the, the, the use of industrial chemicals on the land. Uh, but he's still, nonetheless, I think, in favor of, of, of rearing animals and, and slaughtering them and selling them for meat. Um, and I thought of Salatin, and indeed I thought of you at the weekend. Uh, I visited, I'm not sure if you're familiar, um, uh, mm. Sonoma, uh, Jack London State Historic Park in Sonoma, just north of me. And uh, Jack London himself is, of course, very famous as uh, one of the most distinguished 20th century American writers. Yes, of course. So a regenerative farmer, way ahead of his time. He was very much in favor of model farms and respecting the rights of um, of, of animals, particularly pigs. Um, <laughs> where do you stand on uh, innovative humanistic farmers like Joel Salatin or Jack London? Of course, I'm in favor of this kind of farming if using animals then uh, it should be they should be treated as uh, the, the best that uh, a human can do and uh, if i see the uh, the expression of jack london here it's just warm uh, heart opening uh, how deep this human animal connection is um i would say that the farm the industrial farming industry in America cannot be looked at animal friendly. When I go to uh, global and international uh, con uh, conferences and they give us details about these American um, uh, farms, then I cannot think of uh, no stress for animals, inherent value of animals, of you know, slaughtering that is calm. It's just all over stress just for meat production. So this cannot be taken as animal friendly. 
And the question is not so much from my point of view, and I'm practical because we want to make a change and not to win with our uh, personal opinion, yes or no, uh, animal experiment, yes or no uh, to fur, etc. We want to make a change. And why we think like that is we need a majority to change um, legislation. Do you think... And uh, and, and that's why it's, it, of course, better to reduce animal suffering. Given that humans and animals, for better or worse, can't speak to one another, can the soil be, so to speak, the bridge, the, the place where animals and humans can meet and perhaps not formally speak to one another, but, but share an interest? If we regard at the soil, as a, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't uh, declare to be holy or spiritual, uh, highly spiritual, but as the basic of our living. You know, we could not breathe without forest, etc., etc. So uh, the soil demands a lot of respect of us humans, and if we respect the soil for ourselves, then it's. It's just natural to integrate the animals uh, there as well. And we share just the common ground. So absolutely, if we get a little bit modest, then the soil is uh, the common ground for all living creatures. And by that, if we step into it, I do think that the uh, that standing up for the animal's interest uh, not to suffer and to live its own life, uh, this is an easy step to make. Um, Antoine, you, uh, you know, a lot of your, your photos are with dogs, uh, sometimes even with fish uh, yeah. and other animals. Do you, are you Dr. Doolittle? What's your relationship with animals? Do you have a special relationship? What drew you to this in the first place? It was more the, the ethical point of view that I was interested in uh, during my studies in uh, minorities. And when you count the hearts and the heads in any society, then the animals are the biggest uh, majority. Um, and then I regarded to legislation, realized that the legislation also in Switzerland is full of holes. Um, it only this uh, making a joke here, like your cheese, yes. Like our cheese, food, yes, absolutely. And uh, and if COVID goes on, also the Swiss banks will be <laughs> full of holes. But okay, full of holes, yes. And uh, especially if we have legislation, then we should be able to give structures to have it enforced. And so I got into it uh, more on the technical ethical level. And after my third book, I wrote on um, fundamental human rights versus annual protection. Then I started to, and this was in 80, 1989. Then I started to um, get vegetarian and to renounce on medication that was tested on animals and so on and so forth. But this was more or less my personal opinion. And as a lawyer, I do think that if you want to make a change, the law has to find a majority and the majority to find is different. In California, 
than in, uh, in Montreal or in Tasmania. So how can we make a move towards a better human nature, human animal relationship that is not only through, through consumer behavior, that is not only by uh, schools, but that is really enforceable and makes a difference. So I came into it by that. And I'm not so the, the, the animal hugging person. So there are people, animal lovers, that just hug. And, and I, sometimes I, I think, and you see, I'm, I'm not hugging the, the charming dog. And these were artificial animals. <laughs> it's, a, it's a montage. So I'm not so, the, when I was in Tasmania, I loved the t-shirt that I did not buy. I'm a tree hugger. I love that. And giving lectures also in Hobart on the animal in the Australian law. But I'm not so the animal hugger because I do feel that animals have their own individuality and uh, they should decide when they want to be hugged. And others that are the big animal lovers with eight dogs, I, I, I think, ouch. So we shouldn't, uh, and, and you're certainly not the first or the last person to argue this, we shouldn't humanize uh, animals because... Um, that's a, a form of subjugation and exploitation in an emotional sense as well. Finally, Antoine, um, as you know, at Regenerate, we're planning a series of retreats, a, a, mm. a soil kind of um, experience, bringing people back to regenerative farms like the one Joel Salatin is, is doing or is Isabella Tree. What should, in your mind, be the role of animals in these retreats uh we can't create a, a petting zoo uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, become like jack london and, and and fall in love with with pigs uh, at, at the at jack london's um state park um there are lots of examples of extremely attractive um little homes that jack built for pigs what should the role of animals be in in our retreats in your in your view at regenerate that's a great question because this animal hugging or you know you go with a hunter or a non-aggressive hunter uh, in in the forest and you look at deers and the animals in in the wild this could be as i discussed i was invited by the world hunting association for a for a contribution that I said that uh, I'm not here to say yes or no to hunting, but if you want to make a change, then you, you should support the, uh, the UN Convention on Animal Health and Animal Protection, because otherwise you don't have anything to hunt. So uh, to, 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 to look at wild animals uh, with respect and to stand up early, to get up early at four in the morning and to see what happens there, this is a miracle. Um, as far as farm animals are concerned, it's not so much about hugging, um, hugging, uh, um, hugging hogs. Yes, exactly. It's not. They have been so cynically said. They have been produced by humans to uh, for for a special purpose. We should try to get into their perception of life into their needs what should they need 
How would we do that, Antoine? If, 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 and I hope you will be involved in, in some of our retreats. Oh, so nice. How do we get into their heads? I wouldn't say minds, because maybe that's even a, an anthropocentric term. But how, how do we get into their heads? And this comes back to the question we began with, uh, you know, what do animals want? Maybe a wild idea that I also presented at the hunting association. Um, what about asking seven charming and very competent people that are producing respectful and dignified uh, video games? To step in, to ask them, they are used to step in the personality of, of, of the, 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 the neighbor, the other person, of an uh, old uh, person. Um, to ask them, what do you think is a life from a dog's point of view, from a tree point of view? I heard a marvelous speech about, uh, from Dr. Erwin Thoma, who is probably the, the, the main um, constructor of uh, wood houses in Europe and in also in Moscow and so on. And I want to have a big <clears throat> project realized with him. And he explained us the system of trees that made us just so modest what the intelligence of trees of a, of a wood looks like if one tree is, uh, is uh, attacked, then all the let's say nervous system of uh, a wood is is alerted and so on. We do not know too much. So to step in a whatsoever a perception of a single tree or a deer or a pig by people who are trained in to step uh, to, to step into others, this could be a challenge. And at the workshop, you invite those artists and they should represent and have it discussed just to with the with the goal that we when looking at this, we could let's say it's not about romanticism or the big drama and you as a human being, you should feel guilty because you leave them suffer. This is not how you can make a change. People are just listening to you uh, and avoid you afterwards. They don't want to drink a cup of coffee with you because it's just awful if you, if, if you are too confrontative. But to, to, to just the abstract way of stepping into what is a soil like? What is a stone like uh, with all the, uh, with the time frame and when it's cold and, and, and when it's wet? I, I, I do not, uh, this could be very attractive that our belly brain gets it, that it's much more than our head says, uh, we know their needs and we fulfill their needs at, at our best. So to bring those in the, to, to bring the participants of such a workshop into this mental state of, oh, I acknowledge now what it could be to feel like a deer or a pig, um, and what would be, uh, what would make me happy and what not. Uh, this could be maybe a, a a play. I know it's virtual, but by 
being virtual, it gives us much more um, so enhanced uh, virtuality, augmented reality. So it, it gives us a, a better playground and technical possibilities to make something juice and fruity out of it. Yeah, and certainly the um, the fact that you're making soil so central uh, is, I, I think, a very compelling and interesting argument, whether that's done literally on the soil itself or virtually. Yes. You've been listening to Keynote, hosted by me, Andrew Key. Make sure to join us the rest of this season as we explore how to fix capitalism. Make sure to visit us at lithub.com where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While you're at it, if you enjoyed what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would also help too. Today's episode was produced and edited by Justin Alvarez and the team at LitHub Radio. See you next week, and thanks so much for listening.